You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. God, we ascribe all power to you. We ascribe all glory to you. We say that you are the only one in your caliber, the only one of your class, the only one of your worth. And today, God, just from the glimpse of the much we've seen of you, we know enough to give you the praise. We say thank you, mighty God. We will exalt your name and we will give you the praise because you deserve it, all of it. We say, be thou exalted. For everyone who is lifting up your name today, Lord, I ask that they will see you bigger. They will see you bigger. I don't know what may have tried to grab their attention all week to try to suggest that their situation you know, would, would, would drown them, would, would keep them down, would keep them low, would keep them depressed, sad, beaten down. But God, today I ask that they will see you bigger. In all our speaking, in all our teaching, let it not be about a man, let it be all about Jesus. Jesus who was crucified, Jesus who was lifted high and who, who, who raises men. Be thou exalted in this place. In Jesus' matchless name, we pray. Hallelujah. Please go ahead and sit. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for exalting the name of the Lord with me. Yeah, it's such, it's such an, you know, it's such a joy to be back with you, Life Point. Hallelujah. How are we doing? How, how has it been? It's been an interesting year, hasn't it? Yeah, some of the some of the vocabulary that had never shown up in our day-to-day -day talk and our day-to-day -day language has shown up this year. Things like COVID-19, things like pandemic. Had you ever really palliative, some words we've never used before, palliative, and SARS, right? Um, looting, we've used the word before, but it just took on a new context for us this year. Quarantine, thank you very much. That's a big one. Lock, Soros, okay. Let's not forget the cherry on top. Soros, okay. Awesome. You know, there's been so much, so much this year. And I don't want to just gloss over the fact that I know that we've all had all kinds of experiences this year. Experiences this year that have just tried to shake our focus, shake our equilibrium, just shake us and move us off target. But the fact that you're here and you're, you're, you're in this space today, you know, it tells me that there's a brighter day ahead. Amen. 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 There's a brighter day ahead. And God has so much more in store for you. Amen. And you will not give up because the God of your story is still writing that beautiful story concerning you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So today I just came with a quick, um, you know, just a quick conversation around triggers, catalysts, and enablers. But before I really go into my message this morning, and thank you so much, Peace, for your God experience. Wasn't that awesome? Do you want to celebrate Peace once again? Yes. Thank you for sharing. Just before I go into the audacious conversations that we have, I just feel like I have a word for someone in the room. As I was just, as I was just driving in this morning, I just, I just heard that phrase in my heart, prisoners of hope. 
prisoners of hope. And I know I've read it in the scripture, so I just went very quickly to look for it. It's in Zechariah chapter 9. Zechariah chapter 9. I'll read from verse 11 to 12. Amen? It says, as for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. And then verse 12 says, Hello? You can hear me loud and clear? Amen. Verse 12. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. In fact, can we do it this way this morning? Can you read it with me this morning? Verse 12. Can we read it together? Do we have it up? Perfect. Verse 12. One, two, let's go. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today I declare that I will restore double to you and I declare that God will restore double to you you know and as I heard that phrase in my heart prisoners of hope prisoners of hope I just remembered again an experience so many years ago I'm sure more than almost 20 years ago now and it was before I got married my husband and I were house hunting so we went to this particular location I mean we went everywhere looking for a house you know how you tell an agent, okay, I'm looking for three-bedroom flat, I'm looking for, you know, so-so and so, and then he takes you to this place that is anything but <laughs> what you have described. We have been through so many experiences. So this one time, this agent took us to this house to just, you know, you know have a look. And I remember that we were looking and, okay, not bad. It wasn't quite finished. The house wasn't quite finished. They were still building. So somewhere around the back of the house, the soak-away tank hadn't been covered, but it had rained the previous day, so the soak-away tank was filled with water. But then the cover of the tank was just at its side, it was just there. So we had been going around, inspecting, you know, and you know, there was a, he said there was a BQ at the back. So I left my, then he was my fiancé, he wasn't my husband, I left him, Pastor G, in front with the agent, and I went round to the back to go and see this BQ that he mentioned, and you know, I don't know what it was because the, the soak-away tank was right there, open. I don't know what I was thinking if I was, you know, completely not focusing. But somehow or the other, I tripped and I found myself in that pit. In that pit. Water to my neck. You know, it was so deep that literally it had covered my head. But somehow, just feeling around, I felt a stone. So I stepped on the stone, and so my head, you know, was raised above the water. So here I was in this tank, and no upper body strength. You know, you know, you see the gymnasts do it all the time, and they pull themselves. No upper body strength. I tried and tried and tried to lift myself up, and nothing was happening. And I imagine that I would have been stuck in that same pit for a much longer time if I had not had the presence of mind to shout and scream, help, somebody help. So from where he was, you know, my husband, Pastor Godman, and the agent ran to the back. I'm sure the first question on their minds would have been, <laughs> how, excuse me, how, how? But thankfully, they didn't, they didn't, start, they didn't start with the silly questions. <laughs> they simply got on the ground and began to lift me up. Now, I don't know how this year has been. You know, there can be a siege all around, but I know from experience that it's not usually the siege all around 
that does the, 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 the real work. There's a siege all around, but until that siege enters into your own personal space, gets inside your own boat, gets inside your own house, usually you're able to cope. So I don't know what kind of siege has come against you all year, and it feels like you're struggling to get out, struggling to climb out, struggling to reach for some something strong to pull you out maybe you started a new business at this you know at the turn of this year and you had all your goals written out international you know um, 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 logistics company we're taking the world by storm and some things that you just didn't plan for budget for or envisage just came to just this morning, I, I, I believe that God is saying to someone in this room that you need to return to your stronghold. Return to your stronghold. You prisoners of hope. Pris the first time I read that scripture, I remember thinking, prisoner, hope, how do the two go together? But you know, having been through a pit, such as the one I described earlier, I, I think I'm just beginning to really grasp what heaven had. He says, return to your stronghold. There's a strengthening that comes in your stronghold. There's a lifting that comes in your stronghold. There's a surrounding that comes in your stronghold. And regardless of how deep that pit may seem to be, there is power in your stronghold. There is power in your stronghold. Hallelujah. So this morning, prisoner of hope, prisoner of the love of God, prisoner of the joy that just doesn't make sense but you know that it's a joy that the world didn't give so the world can't take it away covid can't take it away the lockdown can't take it away the sorosoke movement cannot take it away the shooting and all of that can't take it away because you're not a prisoner of this world system you have your foundations locked down deep in that in, in that rock that cannot be moved, that cannot be shaken, that cannot be destroyed. So God is saying to you, somewhere in this room, I don't know exactly specifically what the issue is. He's saying to you this morning, return to your stronghold. You prisoner of hope. And he says, I will restore to you double. Amen. There's an audacity that comes with choosing to believe that what God says is what I will hold, is what I will dare to believe. And I'm not talking about Obama this morning, but you know what I mean. When, when you're just audaciously holding on to what God said, that this, this, this faith and this rock and this hope and this firm foundation that I have planted myself in, it will not be shifted, it will not be removed. Now, I was lifted out of that pit that day, hallelujah, by two strong men, hallelujah, Mr. Godman Akinlabi. There was no way he was going to leave me in that pit. The same way that there is no way God is going to leave you in that pit. There is no way he's going to leave you in that pit. He loves you too much. He gave too much for you. He shed blood for you. He's not going to leave you in that pit. So this is the simple instruction he has for you today. Return to your stronghold. You remember that testimony, that one, that one about how he showed up, about how he delivered you, about how he surrounded you with a victory song when no one thought he would. 
return to your stronghold. Hallelujah. And he will restore to you double in Jesus' mighty name. Father Lord, I've delivered the word that you put upon my heart. I ask, oh God, that there will be someone, some people, Lord, in this space, oh God, who will be lifted out of that low place of depression, who will dare to believe that the God of all grace and the God of all power is speaking a word of freedom. Remind someone of their stronghold today and bring a restoration, double, you said, a, a double restoration. Bring double in the mighty name of Jesus. And the whole church said, amen, 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 amen. So this morning we're going to have a conversation around triggers, catalysts, and enablers. Can you say that with me this morning? Triggers, catalysts, and enablers. The interesting thing is like, you know, as we said earlier, this year has just been an interesting year. Nothing really could have prepared us, you know, for the fullness of what we've seen. You know, but the truth is that God wants us to be mindful that there are events in our lives, there are occurrences in our lives, there are even people that we meet that act as triggers and catalysts for what he wants to do in our lives. And regardless of what it looks like on the outside, when we pay attention to the fact that we serve a God of opportunity, we serve a God who can use the foolish things to confound the wise. We serve a God who isn't taking permission from the times and the seasons around us. In fact, he inspires the times and the seasons. And he can come to us walking upon the waves of the storm. Hallelujah. He's not held bound by the storm. He can come to us walking upon the waves of the storm. And when we're mindful that this is the God we serve, then we're able to go through seasons of change, recognizing that God can use those circumstances to shift us to a new level. When you think about Ruth in the Bible, um, how many of us have read through the book of Ruth before? How many Bible scholars do we have? Or at least you have some idea of the story of Ruth. Okay, so take home assignment today, right? Read through the book of Ruth. Please do. Don't assume you know the story. Please go ahead and read the story. You know, you recall that at the beginning of the chapter, if you've read it, you recall that at the beginning of the chapter, we hear about this man called Elimelech and his wife Ruth, and they have two sons, right? But they had left Bethlehem because there was a famine and came to, remind me where they went? Moab, thank you, they went to the land of Moab and they lived there, settled there, the two sons took wives there. But somewhere along the line, it says, it tells us that Elimelech died. Naomi's husband, Elimelech, died. And her two sons, again, died. So here is this woman, Ru, um, Naomi, forgive me, Naomi, stuck in a foreign land with two daughters-in-law, and she must have been wondering, God, how could you do this to your daughter? How could you do this to a daughter of Abraham? 
And you know, when we go through circumstances like that, it makes us ask all kinds of questions. We just begin to philosophize, isn't it? There are some philosophic questions that may never have arisen before. We just begin to like, but how come 2 plus 2 and 4x and 5y did not equal? I mean, it's, it's just normal human reaction. She must have begun to ask herself, what's going on? What really is going on here? And in the middle of all of that, she gets word that, hey, Bethlehem, things have turned around. No more famine. You can, you know, you can now begin to come home. So she makes a plan to go back home. Now for Naomi, the news that, number one, her husband had died, her sons as well died, must have been a trigger for her. To say that, you know what, I can't continue to stay in Moab. It's time to go back home. It's time to go back home. And you know, sometimes out of the most painful, sometimes some of the most bitter experiences of our lives, we find instruction on what God wants to do with us. As I was coming, um, can you please say good morning and hello to any? Any please wave and say hi. Eniola, where are you? Okay, I'm just seeing face masks. I don't know where she is. Eniola, where are you? Just wave. Yeah, Eniola over there. Just say good morning, Eni. Welcome. Eni came with me this morning. She's such a wonderful helper of destiny. And I celebrate you today, Eni. And as we were coming this morning, she shared with me a story, you know, of her own experience during this COVID, in, in, in quote, COVID year. And she said that... Um, you know, so her rent expired at a point in the year and she just thought, you know, rather than renewing my rent here, when I have to work during this pandemic, um, her office very graciously offered to um, rent a hotel close to the office so that they wouldn't have to get caught in all the lockdown issues. So she thought, okay, hang on, if I'm going to be put up in a free hotel for the next few months, what's the point renewing this rent? Let me just take my time, do this work, save up on the rent that I would have paid for those months, and then when I'm ready, I'll find a new house. Good plan, right? It sounded like a good plan. Who agrees that that sounded like a good plan? Yeah, it's, I mean, I heard and I thought, yeah, smart girl. So she packed up all her property, TV, AC, fridge, whatever, even bed, and took it to her parents' house that, okay, her dad had some storage space. So she locked it up there that when I'm ready, I'll go and get it. You know, and she worked like that, and she was so happy she had saved a bit of money, she could do some projects, you know, whatever. And when she was ready, she went out and got a new house, paid the rent, and thought, okay, now it's time to go and bring back my property. Got a pickup truck, I mean, the girl was ready. Got to her dad's house that day and realized that her dad's driver and one of the security men had burgled the storage facility and made away with everything. Now, I want you to picture it. It wasn't really the siege of COVID that, you know, she was, she, every, all of us went through a measure of, you know, discomfort because of COVID. It wasn't really the COVID that was, you know, she said all that time, she was going to work, she was okay. I mean, yes, you know, lockdown, you know, and she was going through. I want you to get it now. She was going through, just the same way we were all going through. But that singular experience, getting to her father's place with all this expectation, pickup truck behind her to come and carry her own 
property and to find that someone, some evil person had made away with years of hard work and investment. And she said, honestly, she said, honestly, Pastor, be honestly, it just triggered something. She said she just went off. You know, but through that season where she was going through that weight of, you know, of sadness and like, God, where am I even going to start? Where do I even want to begin to pick myself up from? But I thought I was doing this to save money. Now I'm going to need to even spend more than the money I thought I saved. She said, even in the middle of all of that, the one thing I recall is that I kept getting phone calls. She said, in fact, at a point, the phone calls were too much. My unit members were like, Annie, where are you? Annie, we can't find you. You've just gone quiet. You've just gone missing. What's going on? Um, my pastor called me. Annie, where are you? She said, the women's ministry were calling me. Annie, where are you? She was like, at a point, I told my sister, you know what? The phone calls are too many. Allow me to be miserable in peace. <laughs> right? But she said, I, could, I said that when I was in the pit of it. But after I got to the other side, I remember God saying to me, I just, I, just, I just had a sense that God was saying, you will be all right. You will be fine. So then as I, as I, as I took that bold step to begin to re, you know, repurchase all the things that had been, you know, at, you know how you're starting and you think, I don't even have enough to recover. She said, I've replaced everything that needs to be replaced now, and I'm fine, and I have a sense of peace. Beloved, I know sometimes you go through a catalytic experience, and you're waiting for God to tell you, oh, this is exactly why you went through this experience. You're waiting for that closure before you can heal. But sometimes God is just saying to you, if you will dare to believe me in the audacity of hope, that I will bring you through, I will bring you out, I will cover you, you will be fine. They say onions are not available at their regular price in the market. Hello? Uh-huh, I see a few of my people in the room. God says you will be fine. You will be fine. You go to the market with a list of purchased, you know, things you want to purchase and you realize that the prices yesterday have just or they tell you that the pump price of fuel has gone over and you're tempted to worry and you're tempted to fret don't be a prisoner of the circumstance choose to anchor your heart in the hope that is in Christ Jesus because if you will do so he will bring you through COVID or no COVID Hallelujah. Amen. So we go through all these catalytic events in our lives. I mean, there's so many catalytic events in my own personal life that I can speak about. One such, for example, how I met my husband. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've shared it with us um, before that I'm not a Lagos girl. I didn't grow up in Lagos. I grew up in a beautiful little city in northern Nigeria, see the way I'm hyping it up, you're waiting to hear that, it's one small London, a beautiful little city in northern Nigeria called Zaria, right? Now let me try and explain Zaria to you, if you've never been. Zaria, all of us have the same bedtime in Zaria, all of us, except you live on campus, but the rest of us, we all have the same bedtime. By like 6 p.m. in the evening, you won't see many cars on the road, as in we have all gone to our house. If you get to a junction and there are two or three cars in front of you, you say, oh, what is this traffic? 
Yes, that is where I grew up. So you can imagine how, how strange Lagos was for me coming here as a, you know, as a youth copper all those years ago. You know, but one thing I do recall was that God um, led me to the church that I went to, Daystar Christian Center. And one of those mornings, I was in church, a membership class. And this young man walks in. Sister, maybe you came to do membership class. Teacher was in front of the class teaching. It was a big hall, so membership class was on one side. Maturity class was on one side. Evangelism school was on the other side. I don't even know what class he was going to teach. Me that I was there for membership. And I should have been focusing on my teacher. I just saw this man passing. And I just kind of followed him with my eyes. And thankfully, you know, it's not the day of candid camera, where they would just focusing on you and be like, sister, she be sure she came. Which one is which one is man that you are following with your eyes? You know, and I just kind of trailed him till he got to his class and I just got a sense in my heart that you know I don't I don't typically hear a voice. I'm not one of those um, believers who will tell you that, oh I heard God's voice audibly. I don't I don't hear a voice. When God leads me, usually I'm reading scripture and something just pops up. You know, I, something just pops up. Or I can just get a sense that, okay, peace, there's peace in this. You know, but audible voice, not many, not many in my walk with God. And I just got a sense that God said, that's a good man. And that's a good man. I didn't know what to do with it. He didn't say, um, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. That young man that just walked is, is your husband. I didn't hear that. All I heard was, and that's a good man. It was a bit of a trigger in my heart because when I eventually met him, I knew that there was destiny here. What destiny exactly, I did not know, but I knew that there was destiny here. And it's the same way I know that God wants to trigger certain events in your own life. Now, sometimes you may not have the specifics of what exactly God is saying, but God wants to trigger you towards purpose. He wants to trigger you towards destiny. He wants to trigger you in the direction that he wants you to go. At the point where I met him, he was in a relationship. And me, sister of the Lord, I said, it is not me that they said, came and broke up pastor's relationship. So I said, you day your day, I day my day. God said you are a good man, but good man can be friend. Abby? Good man can be Christian bro. Uh -huh. It doesn't have to be anything like serious. Not that serious. We won't do it like that. You know, but eventually when he did, that relationship broke up. It was nothing to do with me. Honestly, I, I, you have to believe me. You believe me, right? It was nothing to do with me. See, you're laughing. I know you think I'm just saying it. Honestly, it did not have anything to do with me. It was not me. It was not me. It wasn't that kind of side chick. Mm -mm, it was not that kind of thing. I, I, a Christian sister. Sister choir, it was not like that at so I day my day, you day your day. If God is gonna do this, then let God use his mighty power and do it. And when God would do it, hallelujah, the young girl on her own, no, on her own, she said, Look, my parents said you have Muslim background, we cannot mix Muslim background and Christian background, so you go. And I said, Hallelujah. better like that when God scatter what should scatter so that you can enter where you need to enter like Esther now isn't it 
But I was not calling the host of heaven to go and give her nightmare until she break up. No, 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 no. That's not my own kind of Christian. I don't do my own like that. Mm -mm. God is able to complete what he starts. If God says, I will do it, then he will do it. If God says, I have established it, a thousand, thousand negators cannot change what he says he will do. Amen. Amen. God wants to trigger certain occurrences in your life. God wants to start certain things and catalyze certain forces to come together. And believe me, the presence of a pandemic is not sufficient to stop what God wants to do in your life. Now, it may, it may seem a little bit like, okay, we need to change tactics a little bit because of the year that we're in. Hallelujah. Perhaps we need to just change some of our patterns, change some of our processes, just change some of the things that we had thought we would do. That's okay. That's fine. There's a pandemic protocol. When there were plagues in the land of Israel, there would be protocols that God would give them. God would tell David, for example, the plague is raging, yes, but get up now. Go to the threshing field of Arauna. Go there and make a sacrifice. There are protocols during a pandemic. When the plagues were raging in Egypt, how many of us recall? God said, all right, children of Israel, tonight it's going to go down. Every household, kill a lamb, take the blood, put it on your lintel. There are protocols to follow during a pandemic. And as long as you're listening to the voice of your master, he will keep you through the pandemic. Amen. He will, let me say it so that it sinks into someone's heart, just in case you've heard too much from, from CNN and all the, all, all the other news sources this week, and it's just try to shake your faith. God can keep you through the pandemic, and God will keep you. Amen. Amen. God wants to trigger certain things in your life. He wants to catalyze certain forces in you and move you into the place of manifestation. You see, for example, in the life of Abram. You see, in the life of Abram. You know what? My notes this morning are on the story of Abram, but I don't even want to go there. I want to settle a little bit on the story of Esther. Let's talk about Esther a little bit. Let's talk about some of the triggers and the catalysts that happened around her own circumstances. We know how her story begins. We hear the story of Vashti. Vashti was queen in the kingdom of um, Persia. Persia? I think it's Persia. And there was this big party, events occurred, and the king says, bring my queen, you know. And Vashti says, I'm not going. Now, we can argue the politics of Vashti's decision, but that's not what we came here for this morning. One thing led to another, and Vashti was removed, and a vacuum was created. Hallelujah. The same way I believe every day all kinds of vacuums are being created, both in the spirit and in the physical. Hallelujah. You know, we see certain events and we see things occur. And unless we are pressing and listening with, with, with you know, beyond our physical ears, we're not realizing and recognizing that God is creating profiles and he's creating portfolios for his sons and his daughters. 
And the question is, when will we rise up as sons and daughters of God and say, God, where is my portfolio? I was at a meeting last year and I remember the minister saying that, you know, when every time there's a change of government in the physical, you begin to see a lot of jostling in Abuja, isn't it? People traveling to Abuja trying to argue and fight for ministry and for, you know, prof, you know portfolios and fight for files and fight for ministry and just fight for portfolios. New government in Lagos, for example, there are all kinds of interest groups who are arguing, no, my person should be vice, my person should be this, my person should be that. He said, but... It seems like God may be asking us, when will my own children begin to rise up and insist to ask, to dare to ask me for their own portfolios in the spirit? Psalm 2 says, ask of me and I will give you nations, kingdoms as your inheritance. Right now in the middle of the pandemic, in the middle of all that is going on, Heaven is waiting on us to lift up a voice and say, God, where is my own portfolio? Where is that kingdom where I can bring change? Where I can cause things to shift? Where I can bring necessary is God's clarion call to us in the spirit. To say it's time to rise up. I am triggering a new level and a new space for you. I want you to rise up and dare to believe for something new. For something new. Hallelujah. And then there's this young woman, I said, Esther, who is just on her own in her own space. And suddenly there's a vacancy for queen. And many of us know how the story goes. She was selected to go into the palace. Six months of preparation. Six months of just beauty preparations. One year just preparing for one encounter with the king. But she didn't go into that meeting with the king, you know, just... She went in recognizing that favor is at work. Favor is at work in my life. Such that when we go on down to chapter 4 of Esther, and we realize that there is con a conspiracy being cooked up in high. And I pray that in this season that we will come to a deeper revelation, a deeper understanding. That our God, who is a God of times, seasons, movements, change, wants us to dare to believe that even when others are saying there's a casting down, for us we will see the lifting of the Lord. Hallelujah. That even when others are saying there is a casting down, that things are not measuring up, things are not balancing, for us we can see a lifting up. Hallelujah. So just, I have just one simple instruction for us and we're going to pray this morning hallelujah as i close this conversation about catalysts and triggers and enablers this morning i want you to know that the same way jesus was speaking on the sermon on the mount and he said you need to ask you need to knock you need to seek don't let the circumstances in the environment right now cause you to stop asking, to stop knocking, to stop seeking. Because even now, even now, even now, there are testimonies through this pandemic. And what God can do for one, God can do for you. If God could do it in her life, in his life, God can do it for you. Hallelujah. 
whatever, whatever those experiences may have been. Maybe you thought it was designed to drown you. Maybe you thought it was designed to take your voice out. Maybe you thought it was designed to just make you lose focus and just go back to Egypt. And God is saying, no, 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 not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Don't waste the pain of that situation. Bring it back to me and trust that even with that, even in the midst of that, I'm able to make all things work together for your good. Matthew 7 and verse 7. Jesus was speaking and he says, ask and it will be given to you. He says, seek and you will find. He says, knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. To him who knocks, it will be opened. Is anyone ready to ask this morning? Ask God for nations. Ask God for a, for a, re, a refocusing this morning. Whatever lens may have been may have been dulled and dimmed by all your experiences in the last month it's time right now to just just square your shoulders a little bit and just say you know what ha, there is yet a mountain to conquer and I'm gonna run towards it when Goliath showed up that day on the battlefield he had been showing up he had been speaking he had been speaking boldly and brashly and just terrorizing the children of Israel but on this auspicious day there was a man who recognized that what everyone is running away from, it may trigger a running away from others, a falling away for others. But for me, this is going to trigger my, my moment. My moment to show that I serve a God of faithfulness. My moment to show that this is not sufficient. Goliath, you're not sufficient to take my testimony. You're not enough. Ten of you is not enough. Hallelujah. So is anyone this morning ready to ask? Can you lift up your voice this morning? Just right where you are. Right where you are. Right where you are. I want you to just be inspired this morning. Say, God, today I ask for nations. <laughs> nations. Maybe I haven't yet been able to take my street. But today, God... I'm going to look above and look away from, from, from what looked like a disappointing circumstance. I'm a prisoner of hope. I'm not a prisoner of my circumstance. So I'm going back to my stronghold. The testimonies and the God experiences, those describe my strongholds. Every song of praise and power, those are my strongholds. Hey, you're a God of faithfulness. That is my stronghold. You fought and won victory for the children of Israel such that when the army of Egypt tried to pursue them through that same Red Sea they were swallowed up that is my stronghold oh I serve a God of great power that is my 
stronghold. You are my stronghold. You are my strength. You are my strength. Hey, I will lift my voice to the God of my strength. Oh, someone just needs to be re-energized in their inner man this morning. It's been a while since, since you since since you since you just you just cranked up that faith engine, and God is saying to you this morning, take the breath of life. Receive, receive, receive a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Receive a fresh breath this morning. Yes, those bones can live. Yes, yes, those bones can live. They won't just live, they will rise up as a mighty army. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I'm calling someone up this morning. It's time to get up. Get up. Awake. Awake. And put on your strength. It is your strength. It is your strength. It is your strength. Wear it like a garment. Awake this morning. Put on your strength. The God of hope. The God of grace. The God of power. The God of light and love. He is here for you this morning. Father, we thank you. We thank you because you're a God who is so faithful. You're so faithful to your word. Oh God, you can be trusted. And so we thank you for every fire that you have lit in this room today. Lord, we choose to see you and to see that you can do even much more the pandemic has nothing on us because we are rising with all power. And so we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for triggering and catalyzing all kinds of destiny moments for us in the days and the weeks ahead. We give you the glory and we give you the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Now, I don't like to walk away from here without just giving someone the opportunity to recognize that one of the most pivotal triggers in your life is that decision to just believe God at his word and you know that there are moments there are things you go through that just try to shift your focus shift your attention and make you stop looking at the goodness of God the psalmist says, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills. From whence cometh my help? Just in case you're in this room this morning and you've struggled the last while with just maintaining your focus on the help that is in God, I just want to give you one moment to just say, God, I receive your peace. I receive your peace. I receive your peace. I receive your peace, your peace, your peace. Center me in your love. Help me, oh God, to see you over and above the circumstances, over and above the things that try to distract. In Jesus' mighty name. One more. I like to say it often. I think one of my favorite stories, I love stories, you, you know that by now, I love stories. One of my favorite stories in all of scripture is the story of 
this father he's not your regular father I mean how how does your son come to you and say give me my inheritance I know you're not dead but you're refusing to die so give me my inheritance let me just go and sort life let me just go and you know but yet you're waiting this young man just leaves and you're waiting you're just waiting from a long way off just waiting waiting to receive him waiting to love him waiting to restore him just waiting so you 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 you, you just love him and the bible says that when the prodigal son came to himself he was stuck in a pit somewhere having wasted everything and he came to himself and realized that even servants in my father's house are doing better than me here let me go back i will rise i will go back and he sets out on this journey and his father spots him coming a long way off and runs to him oh i just love the heart of the father and jesus told that story so we we would understand the heart of the father now i know you're in this room this morning and i'm giving you points for being here but you know there is a heart condition that we all here can't see that you may just need to get adjusted and maybe you just need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior so that you can be reconnected with this with this wonderful awesome father or maybe you said that prayer at some point but the last few months have just taken their toll on you and you know that man I'm, I'm, things are off if either of those two scenarios describe you right now, I'd just like to ask everyone to please bow your heads. Please bow your heads and let's give someone just the privacy of the moment to, to make this destiny decision this morning to be restored back to God. If, if, if that was you, that was you and you know you need, you need to know this daddy, this, this good daddy, this unusual daddy, this super daddy I'd like you to just lift up your hand where you are right where you are please just lift up your hand ah the son came and the father said look give him the signet ring cover him with the rope servant no you're not a servant regardless of where you've been regardless of what you've done you are still my child and God is all about restoration this morning he's all about restoration if your hand is lifted, I want you to just say this prayer with me today. Say, Dear God, you more than anyone knows where I've been. You know what I've done. I don't have to form for you. You see everything. But in spite of seeing everything, you still love me and you still call me your child. So God, I've come today because I know I can't do it for myself. Nothing else makes sense outside of you, God. I've come to you today. Heal me. Restore me. Wash me clean. Make me new. Lift this burden from my heart, oh God. And make me your own. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you for your sons and your daughters who are home. Oh, what rejoicing there is in heaven. The Bible says there's rejoicing in heaven. And oh, daddy, your sons and your daughters are saying, 
we're back, we're home, we're home. Daddy, we're home. And so I ask, Lord, that you will bind them to you with arms of love. I ask, oh God, that you will keep these ones safe, strong, secure. That regardless of what the plan of the enemy might be, these ones will endure. And their testimony will be sure. Fill them with the Holy Spirit. That Spirit of God that says, this is how you walk. This is how you go. Yes, you are a son. Yes, you are a daughter. Nothing can take you away from that. Fill them with your Holy Spirit and help them to live a life that pleases you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you've been blessed this morning, I want you to go ahead and put your hands together and celebrate God. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.